Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the auction community studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what is up? How you doing, Luke? You ready to broadcast, ready to go right now? It is a Thursday, and we all know, as I ask rhetorically, how you doing, Luke? We all know it is a Thursday right now, the most productive day of the week, the day before Friday, of course. Wait a minute, you asked rhetorically how I'm doing, so does that mean you don't I, uh, really yes, care how I'm well, doing? Exactly. Okay. It's just kind of like, hey, Luke, how you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. It's a salutation. It's a greeting. An elaborate way to make sure I didn't answer. I'm fine, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Although I... Okay. Bit my lip at dinner well, last night, and now I'm not going to be able to speak for the next four hours. Seriously? Yeah, I've done it three times. Okay. You know how you do it once, you keep oh, doing it? I should really learn how to eat. That is the worst thing about it right there. I do it all the time as well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it's not just me. No. That every now and then, we'll, I'll bite that bottom lip, and then all of a sudden, it swells, of course. And you yeah. can see the issue. You can see the problem when you try to eat The something. first time, I was like, ah, oh, this is cool. I'll look like I'm playing hockey again. And the second time, I was like, okay, I can't chew. What's my problem? Is there a certain food? that actually makes you more likely to bite your lip? No, probably pizza, if okay. anything. I pizza. think it's more how hungry you are when you're just like, I've lost all control, I just want to eat. That's For me, when it's, it's veggies, man. Anytime I eat vegetables, like vegetables. raw, I eat a ton of raw, those? raw vegetables. Yeah, I do. I, I love just putting habanero sauce over like broccoli and cauliflower and carrots and stuff like that, basin onions. I love it. I just douse it in habanero sauce and then I eat it. It's stuff like that. That's it's. I, I think it's hard, but it's not. I'm, I'm, Does that make sense? Like, in, it's soft, yeah. yet it's hard, and I think that's why I bite my lip all the time. I'm, I'm in on the habanero sauce. I'm not in on the cauliflower. Okay, but- speaking of habanero sauce, um, oh my goodness, the Phoenix Suns. It's pretty say, hot in the city right now, is it not? That? Well, so here, this is what we got coming up on the show. We're going to talk to Mel Kuyper Jr. Oh, are you driving? Is that what you're Ever doing heard right him? now? Well, I, I feel see. like if we're going to okay, talk to great. Mel Kuyper, we should tell people we're going to talk to Mel Kuyper. When is Mel Kuyper? Mel Kuyper's joining us in the 11 o'clock hour. Okay, the 11 o'clock hour. I see what you did right there. Right? Okay, you specifically know. 11.30. Okay. I wanted oh. people to listen for the whole hour. <laughs> Go ahead and just turn it off till 11.30. See how that radio, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Well, both of you were like, no, don't you know make what we're people gonna listen. We're going to have Mel Kuyper on at 11, well, in the 11 o'clock hour. You can call any time. <laughs> you don't want to miss you Mel. You never know when Mel might call uh, in. <laughs> boy, that was a good tactic by you. Well, I tried. And then Drivers it was are so um, efficient, Ladies but I will say this. We're doing the hottest ticket giveaway in the 12 o'clock hour. And I'm not telling you when that is. It'll okay. just be in the 12 o'clock uh, hour. All right. There you go. And Mel Kuyper's not eligible to win the tickets. Okay. Mel Kuyper Jr. Basin Onions joining us at 1130. Brock Heward's coming in here in like 10 minutes. Brock Heward is. Well, I just saw him down the hall. Loaded right yeah. now. But we are going to start basketball, like you said. Okay, good. Um, and an interesting question. When you take a step back from this series, because, you know, everybody's been trying to dissect it from a million different angles. But now here we are. We've only got this show and tomorrow before the first game and we've only got a couple days finally before the first game how much pressure is on the Phoenix Suns. There's a lot of pressure on the Phoenix Suns at least from my perspective right now. How could there not be? Again, when somebody says you're the favorite somebody says the Phoenix Suns should win the Western Conference. Well, okay. 
uh, you know, I'm sure Denver's got something to say about that. I'm sure Memphis has something to say about that. Sacramento, of course. Oh, I'm sure the Clippers have something to say. I, I mean, honestly, I, the, the Western Conference is so jam-packed and so competitive right now. Yeah, um, there's pressure when somebody says you should do something when you haven't done it. And you know it's hard to do. There's somebody that's trying to compete against you and keep you from doing what it is that everyone says you should be doing. And you should do easily. Oh, the Phoenix Suns are the best. They're going to come out of the West. Isn't that what FanDuel says? Isn't that what the odds say? Well, and I'm looking at this, too. I'm looking at FanDuel right now. I knew now. you were looking at it. Well, I was I trying to support you what you were saying. I, I knew they were the favorites to win the West. They're also one of the biggest favorites to win their first-round series. The only two teams right now that are bigger favorites to win their first-round series are Boston over Atlanta, which you would figure. Boston yes. has one of the best records in the NBA all year, and Atlanta does not. And Philadelphia over Brooklyn. Those are uh, Boston's minus twelve hundred and Philly's minus a thousand. The Suns are minus five hundred, which it's a four or five series. Yeah. You know, in th- in theory, this should be one of the closest series in yeah. the first round, right? But I don't think a lot of people believe that, and so I do. I think that adds to the pressure. You could talk about how much pressure is there on the Suns after what happened in the playoffs last year. You could talk about how much pressure is there on the Suns because they are the favorites to come out of the West, or you could simply say how much pressure is on the Suns in this first series against yes. the Clippers. Yes. Okay. So a lot of pressure. Let me just say this overall once again. Let's parachute in from thirty thousand feet. I, I think there's a lot of self-imposed pressure by the Phoenix Suns, knowing they have Kevin Durant on their team, knowing how good they are, knowing what their core four is all about. There is pressure right now. I think the Suns know that. I hope they know that, and I hope they embrace it. Because the the way you attack pressure, Basinonians, is to make it your friend. Isn't that right, Tony LaRussa? Make it your friend. Do you know how you make it your friend? Confidence. Confidence. Confidence is something you can't manufacture. You can't. It's something you either have or you do not, but that's how you fight pressure, confidence, knowing who you are and what you're going to do and the effort you're going to give and how you're going to prepare. Having that confidence, that helps you fighting that pressure, that expectation. That, that really is. That's a good point. That's the fourth layer of pressure you could you could see for this team. Yes, there's last year, and yes, there's the, you're the favorites now in the West, and oh, okay, you're the, certainly the heavy favorites against the Clippers, but you just said it, Wolf. You also... I don't want to say mortgaged your future for Kevin Durant because he's here for three more years. But you took a risk going out to get Kevin Durant in some people's eyes. Either way, you, you traded away. Let me reword this. You don't have any picks for a while. <laughs> like you have them every other year by NBA rules. <laughs> right. But you traded away a lot of your future, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, to get Kevin Durant. Now, I would absolutely do that deal again, and I'm guessing most Suns fans would. But you're doing that with the thought that you're not just winning a playoff series. You're either getting to or winning the NBA Finals. I think anything less than getting to the NBA Finals is is going to be seen as a like, eh, okay, that's it's not great. You know, that's that that's not what we signed up for. And so, yes, that's additional pressure that typically isn't there. Yeah, but again, make it your friend, man. And the way to make it your friend is be the confident player that you are. Have confidence in the process, how you're going to prepare for your opponent. This is this is the thing. Kevin Durant was talking about this. Some of the things, and we're going to play these at some point in time, based on needs today. But he had so much wisdom. Some of the things he was talking about. 
in regard to how he's going to go about his business and preparing is fun. That was my favorite of everything Kevin Durant said. He said preparation was fun. Preparing to play. It reminded me so much of Steve Nash. Steve Nash used to love the process. Focusing on the process and what it meant coming together as a team and being a team. He loved that. To me, He's saying the exact same thing as what Steve Nash was saying. Well, and here is Kevin Durant, because you have to remember the other angle to this is you've got guys that were here last year and dealt with the pain of last year. I think Bickley called him earlier the, the guys on this team that survived last season. And then you've got a bunch of new guys on this team. Kevin Durant is one of them. He said that he doesn't really think that they're using last year as any sort of uh, motivation. No, I don't think. I think guys are self-motivated regardless of uh, wins and losses. I think everybody in here wants to be a great ball player, a great teammate. We want to go out there and win basketball games. You know, with you experience, all of this stuff definitely helps you and shape your thought process moving forward, but for the most part, you're leaning on just wanting to be great yourself and wanting to uh, add some positive to the team, so I, I didn't sense that at all. Love that. That's that's solid right there. It really is. They got over that a long time ago. That's one of those things you learn from and then you build off of. But to sit there and say that he's wallowing in it, I think that's what KD is saying. No, we got over that. Yeah, well, they did. I'm, I'm guessing the fan base has not gotten over it. The best way to get over that is to win a few playoff series. Because that sucked last year. And you know, I told you this last year. You know, the first ones to get over it are the players. True, because they can do something about it. But Correct. I would also argue that was one of the worst moments in Suns history. So they need to go out there and do something about it for the fan base to get over it. Uh, all right, we come back to the NFL Draft just two weeks away from today. What should we expect? We're going to talk to the host of Brock and Salk on ESPN or Seattle Sports and, of course, the uh, college football analyst on Fox, Brock Hewards. Joining us next, I can see him right in there. Wolf is coming in. Uh, it's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I get those goosebumps every time. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Worry about those times. I'm way too It's way too young, yeah. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the Heimlich. Throw that to the side. Hi, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Thursday morning. Pleased to be joined in studio by Brock Hewitt, host of Brock and Saka on Seattle Sports and, of course, college football analyst for Fox. Wolf, so he's the perfect guy to talk to for a lot of things right here. Brock, how's it going? It's going great, but before we do that, Uh I told you guys I got content for the (laughs) Luke and Wolf show. I don't know if this has ever been talked about on the show, but you know, I walk into the producer studio there. I can't see. I'm like, no, I'm blind. You know, when you look into the sun <laughs> yeah. and you see and you're kind of blinded for a minute or you're trying to catch a ball in the outfield and you got to hide. The, like Aaron's ring is bling bling. <laughs> it is. Uh, I haven't met her fiance, but well done or husband now. Because that thing yes. was, I don't know. Did you just recently clean that? Because my wife will do that every once in a while. I'll come in the bathroom and she'll have stuff in this like jewelry, you know, getting cleaner. And all of a sudden it's bright. That thing is popping. 
a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> I wonder. I thought I, for like uh, three months, I thought it was reflection off the glass with these studio lights, but yeah. it's not. No, no, it's, it's it so is not. Blind. That is some bling that's, bling. That's exactly what I thought he was talking about when he said he was blinded. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, because Wolf does turn on every light in Arizona yeah, okay, when the show right. starts. Good. Good. So there you <laughs> how, go. How are you doing? Buddy? I'm doing great, man. It is. Uh, you know, Aaron was asking me what it's like. I did my show back to Seattle from here this morning because of a Fiesta Bowl event, and I don't think it's ever been better in Seattle. We said that a lot during the Mariners run and this yeah. last season. We have had the, the Seahawks run was dynastic and it was, you know, obviously the first championship for many of my generation. It was amazing. But to see the Mariners like a legit team, you know, not, not off to a great start, but they're good. The Seahawks last year, so over, yes, over expectation, yes. anybody's expectations. And now they've got the number five pick in the draft, which is once again connected to you guys in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to digging into that conversation. But the Kraken are going to the playoffs. I mean, it just is high times. The Huskies were great. So to come back on the radio on a daily basis in the mornings in Seattle is yeah. awesome. Good time. You know, one of the things that I've always respected is Pete Carroll up there in Seattle. It's just hard not to respect yeah. this guy. What a good coach he is. What an excellent head coach. Yeah, you know, the good little anecdote right there is our producer was doing a show with K.J. Wright this year. And she asked K.J., hey. Because KJ, we did a show with him every Wednesday, and he was awesome. And she said, hey, do you ever see Coach Carroll mad? What's he like when he gets angry? <laughs> How does he hold guys accountable with anger? Because the conversation right now in Seattle is about Jalen Carter. You know, I, I think Arizona would be unwise to not draft Will Anderson. I think Will will be gone before the Seahawks are number five, but we shall see. We'll see if they trade or what happens in two weeks. But, you know, Jalen Carter's a guy whose work ethic's been questioned. His practice habits have been questioned is off the field decision making and judgment certainly questioned and it's like okay does he have accountability you know he's gonna need somebody right to hold his feet to the fire and who's is Pete Carroll that kind of guy and Cage is like Mora that's our producer I have never once seen him lash out in anger at any (laughs) player that is not who he is he is a builder and for 13 years of being around it and at first I know Paul was in here talking about Pom Pom Pete and Rainbow Pete and everything else (laughs) But but for 13 years, man, you don't last and you don't endure unless it's authentic and it's real. And the way he treats those men, and Wolf wants the best for every one of them. When you played, that wasn't the case, right? They wanted, there were a lot of player-hating coaches and organizations. And once you couldn't do something, you're done. Or you can't do this, you're done. I'm done with you. I can't have you. But Pete looks for truly the best in people, and it's one of his great, great assets. Yeah, for me, it was just the opposite with Bill Belichick. I never heard him raise his voice either. I never, he never, he didn't, but I, you he know, still has and it. I say this about him yeah. all the time, Brock, but yeah. I, I say it lovingly because I love the guy. I did. I loved playing for him. He was the type of guy that was going to leave you alone. Just do your job. If you went about your business, he was going to leave you alone mm-hmm. and expected you to go out and do your job, period. But there were a lot of guys who did not like him, and it was because they wanted him to be this gushing guy that was going to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Bill was more of a sociopath, and I say that lovingly, yeah. because he just would leave you alone. He didn't care about you. He didn't try to pretend that he did, that 
he cared about your family. He didn't care about no, that. No, but he was authentic with that. that. And he, he was knew, authentic. It was totally authentic. That's exactly And right. I think that's the challenge from afar while we're connected in this NFC West. And I love coming on with this station and the relationship we have and we're sister stations, you know, with Bonneville and everything else. But when I think of the Arizona Cardinals, I think that's been the greatest challenge at that head man position. Bruce was Bruce. Bruce was pretty darn authentic. And he had the best run of success he ever had. Yes. Since then, I think there's just been a challenge of who am I as a head coach? What am I as a head coach? And certainly this young man coming in here as one of the youngest to do it is going to have that challenge of, okay, can, do I totally know who I am? And am I completely authentic in that? I will be curious to see if Mr. Gannon and how he navigates that. Brock Heward's joining us. Uh, Brock, I want to go back to Will Anderson for a second because certainly just anybody who watched college football, he looked like one of the best players out there for a while now. And you just kind of said it right there, but obviously you cover college football yeah. as well. So is there anything you would say to dissuade us away from him being a potentially generational talent at that position? And my other fear from a Cardinals perspective is if they do trade out of the pick, he might be there at five for Seattle. That's right. That's right. And, and for either of these D linemen, for the Seahawks, and that's when there's been a lot of conversation about quarterback for them. I, ju- I just don't see it. Uh, I, I love Bryce Young. I think he's going to go number one. He should go number one. C.J. Stroud is probably a compelling conversation, but to me, I think Pete and John and all those selfies and everything they took and all the QB tour were more for show and leverage and everything else than and learning and wanting to know what makes those guys tick and everything that you gain from being around all the other decision makers in those settings. But for us in Seattle, for me, I'll just say I am hoping like mad that four QBs go <laughs> one, two, three, yeah. four in Arizona yeah. trades out. I am hoping that would be best case because either way, and now they're different, right? Jalen is an interior guy. He's a game wrecker from the inside. He's a Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons-esque. But there's legit questions off the field. Will Anderson, there are no questions off the field. The only question is, will his size sustain? He weighed 253, I believe, around there at the Combine. I think like Bryce Young, there was a lot of Pedialyte, um, you know, and a lot of fluids (laughs) to get the weight up, unlike wrestlers and boxers who want it down. But I think that weight was about as heavy as he'll ever be. He doesn't play that big. So that's, to me, sustainability is the only question because everything else is totally and completely dominant. So tell me, Brock, why do you like Bryce Young as the quarterback? I, I like him as well, but why do you like him? Because you just you see guys that see the game. And he sees the game. Uh, you know, how do you define this it factor? That's right. different for everybody. It's different for a D lineman, a fullback, and a head coach and QB. But <laughs> but when you when you can process and see the game, and and I'm maybe a little biased. Years ago, my nephew, uh, who was a big time recruit and everything, was on the seven on seven circuit, and Bryce Young was a year or two years ahead of him. And older brother Damon, who played twelve years in the league, called me. He's like, dude, this kid out of SoCal is sick. Wow. Like he's Russell Wilson arm and like movement and he is filthy. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's his what's his name? It's like Bryce Young. And I think he's going to Alabama. You know, this is even before he was in college. Oh, wow. But you could just see him feel the game, man, like elite point guards, like Chris Paul in his prime, right? Just sees it before it happens. And, you know, when you're a former 
you know, QB at that position and you see someone that has that trait, yeah. that carries, that plays. His size, not ideal. And if he played in your era, yeah. he wouldn't make it because he'd be pile-drived into the ground and his shoulder would be separated right. and he'd take so much contact. They don't take it in this era That's like they did point. in your yep. era. But yeah, he just sees the game differently to me. We are uh, hoping here that the Colts just want to trade up one spot and the Cardinals can get some stuff and, and yep. get Will Anderson. It yep. seems like Anthony Richardson would be the key to that. What do you think of him? He's a boom or bust. Okay. I don't think yeah. he sees the game, but he's 6'4", 244, jumped 40, and ran 448. <laughs> so he's got clay that you just don't, you know, that just you've never seen molded before. So there will be somebody. Like, to me, he would be a Baltimore. Like, put him in Baltimore and let 244 run 4-4. And although, if you really watch his tape in college... Not that he was reticent to run, but he wasn't Lamar Jackson. When I covered Lamar Jackson in college, it was like, oh, that is, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was it was different as a runner. He he played at, you know, like Super Mario Brothers speed, at, at a different speed than other people did and still did in the NFL. I did. You don't see that from Anthony. You see physical prowess and all of this strength. And, I mean, he's a, he legitimately could play fullback, H-back, tight end, uh, D-end, linebacker. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to do any of that because he's a yeah, quarterback. Right. But just physical traits-wise, he's that superhuman. <laughs> so, but uh, be a two-way guy, play quarterback, and also play the edge. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah why not? Hey, shut the edge. Then, six, four, two, four, if, he, if he were a D-end and he went to the combine at 6'4", 244 and jumped 41 and ran 4'4", four, four, right. you would say he's a <laughs> top five defensive end pick. Like, that's, that's just that's unbelievable. Yeah. He is scary to me. He is just scary. It's kind of like that ring in that other room. I can't even turn around right now. I can't even see you. I just see I'm light. Na- I'm just now getting my vision back because I was like blinded there for a minute. Whew. Rock, we appreciate this, man. This is great. Ma- yeah, make sure Will and Jalen are available to Pete, okay? Just, yeah. just <laughs> trade to seven. You can have Jalen. You can't have Will. We're taking Will. You can right. have Jalen. Yes. Okay. Always great to see you, boys. Right, okay, you thank you, Brock. That's, that's Brock. You were joining us right there. Uh, Texas, your thumb. Texas, your thoughts, the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Uh, What changes in the playoffs? Kevin Durant talked about that. You'll hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right up now. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Funk Soul Brother, check it out now. Funk Soul Brother, right about now. Funk Soul Brother, right about now. All right, thanks to Brock Heward for joining us last segment. What up, Brock? I mean, he's here in the studio. How can he not have Brock Heward on? It's, you know, good to get that Seattle perspective just long enough that it now really makes me want the Cardinals to draft Will Anderson. Well, so don't, don't ruin it now. We don't have to go that far. Well, but to get it's that perspective. Get that no, no, no. Okay. It's only good to get that perspective as a reminder that I really want the Cardinals to take Will Anderson. They can have Jalen Carter. I don't care. Okay. Go ahead. You guys can have Jalen Carter. You know what? Yeah, you can have Jalen Carter because you never know what you're going to get with yeah. Jalen Carter. But you don't get Will Anderson. But if he's if he is Christian. 
Jones, now we're in trouble. Well, that's fine. I mean, I can't okay, pre- prevent Seattle from getting anybody. Chris Jones will disappear from time to time, but it's the times that he does appear. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's Denver's fault that Seattle has that pick. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, we had to endure a decent season from Seattle last year, and they're picking fifth. What happened? But uh, we don't have to worry about that right now because we got some Kevin Durant audio I want to share with you. Wolf, um, looking through all the the stuff heading up to this series, and, and again, we have more. Kellen Olsen dropped uh, the fourth part of his uh, his son's Clippers preview today, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, he talked about something you've been talking about, actually, uh, about how the Clippers really just kind of want to ugly this series up and slow it down and make it nasty, and let's decide this at the free throw line. I get it. Oh, yeah. The Clippers are probably going to want to do that. I'm looking through all these stats and you know, just doing prep for the show and all this stuff, and it's it's hard in the NBA to know what stats to even trust anymore, especially with this series, because this hasn't been the Suns all year, and it really hasn't been the Clippers all year. Wins. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's it, bro. Wins with Kevin Durant is about the only stat I trust right now. So, speaking of Kevin Durant, uh, he talked about what he's excited about for these playoffs. Great opportunity to play the game of ball, extend, extend your season. You know, I think that's the fun part. Um, I didn't feel like I played enough ball this year to my standards, so it's good to get some extra games in the playoffs, you know, just play the game, have some fun out there and compete, so preparation is always fun, um, working on getting some extra time to work on your individual game and this little four or five day break in between the playoffs is always uh, cool for me, so yeah, I'm feeling good. Ooh, there it is right there. Okay, we've got a winner. That's what I want to hear. Feeling good. Yeah, that, that's that grabbed my attention. Everything before you. that was interesting, but feeling good it is was, the most important thing. Feeling good is what I wanted to hear from KD. No doubt about that. Feeling good right now. And again, I was talking a little bit about this earlier, but preparation is always fun. That is Feeling good was number one, and then preparation is always fun. That was number two for well, me. See, I also I, I like the idea that Kevin Durant's like, I haven't got to play enough this year, so we're going to have to keep winning so I can keep playing. Yes. What do you say? I haven't played enough ball this year by my standards, yes. so I want to keep playing? Yes. Why is why is that, though, KD? Why do you think that is, KD? Why is preparation always fun? Why is it always fun? Maybe it's because the process is always fun. And this is this is a true indication that he is a baller, that he loves hoop to go out there and enjoys the preparation, the process of actually preparing for what they are. I love it. I see a lot of similarities with he and Steve Nash. Uh, he also went on about what changes in the playoffs. And look, Chris Paul's been to the playoffs. Devin Booker's been to the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton's been to the playoffs. But... None of these guys have been to the playoffs the way Kevin Durant has. Where even before he won the title a couple times with Golden State, like they he he had those deep runs where he was you know he led Oklahoma City to the NBA Finals and they lost to uh, LeBron in the Heat that one year. But but he's been Finals MVP twice. So he talked about what changes in the playoffs. I think it slows down a bit if you watch uh, even the play-in game last night. I know it went to overtime, but I felt like that was a slow-paced game compared to the 140s, 130s we'd be seeing in a regular season, um, and even. So with that first game in Atlanta too is a slow down physical game. So I think that that's that's really what playoffs is. You know, a lot of the stuff, the pet plays that you ran throughout the run of the season might not be there. So just gotta just gotta knuckle down and guard up and, and, and play strong with on offense and see what happens. Well we know what KD was doing during the first play in games. Apparently right. watching and analyzing the first two play in games. Yes. So you know what I love that though right there, what he just said. You gotta knuckle down and guard up. 
we, we can we get a t-shirt mail can we actually get a t-shirt that says that knuckle down and guard show up. knuckle down and guard up that's uh I, I, I we can love those. that, man. <laughs> knuckle down and guard up and play strong on offense. Did you, would you awesome. want it to say knuckle down and guard up, or, or would you want knuckle with an arrow pointing down and guard with an arrow pointing up? Yeah. You got time. You got time. Yeah, no, I, I'd want it to You'd say. you want it to it, say yeah. flat out yeah, knuckle yeah, down. Okay. Okay. As long as it doesn't sound bare down. Guard okay. up, okay? Yeah, knuckle down What color would you want up. this said shirt to I, be? I, I, black, black first of all. Black, of course. Black black and red, maybe. The color of all colors, ladies and gentlemen. All colors at once. Yes. Well, why? Why are you not wearing black? I'm wearing as much black as a person I, could possibly wear today. I, I don't know, but can I just say, um, all you got to do is knuckle down and guard up. <laughs> Listen to KD. Uh, do you think he's dripping with confidence, ladies and gentlemen? Do you think Kevin Durant drips confidence? <laughs> because I think he does. Well, he's been there, and he said it right there. What changes the playoffs? <laughs> what slows down? Okay. Well, think about that for a second. It, based on how things went last year when things got slowed down and ugly for the Suns and the idea that the Clippers are going to want to get into a free throw shooting contest and how many times this season have we seen a free throw discrepancy where the Suns shot 22 less free throws in the game than the opposition that's the scariest part of, of the playoffs if you're a Suns fan is what if it gets ugly and slowed down I don't think the Clippers can beat the Suns but I wouldn't write them off completely when they have Kawhi, and that's what they're going to try and do. Well, that's how you try to beat the Suns. But doesn't it feel good to have Kevin Durant on your team, not oh. just because he's Kevin Durant, but because that's the first thing he says. Well, they're going to try and slow it down. They yeah. slow down in the playoffs. No, he knows that. how to succeed in a slowed-down game. Yes, yes, he, he knows how to do that. His confidence, though, is what I love, where he just got to knuckle down and guard up. That's what you got to do. See what happens. <laughs> You know, uh, spoken by a guy that knows what that looks like, what that feels like, and which button he needs to push for him to execute that, to do that. This is a guy that is dripping of confidence, and I wonder, audience, if he isn't exactly what every other guy on the Suns team, especially their core four, needed. Every guy Devin Booker has confidence, but, you know, let's face it. He gets a lot of aid, comfort, and shelter every game. He doesn't need to be that guy every time down the floor. He doesn't need to be that guy, even though he is. I love that because of the confidence of KD. Help but laugh yesterday when we had Torrey Craig on and he was talking about KD. Did you hear this? And halfway through, he's like, I mean, he's Kevin Durant. That's yeah. what everybody says Kevin about Durant. Kevin Durant. Even Tory Craig was like, well, you know, he's Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, Foo Fighters will be playing Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater on October 3rd. General on sale begins tomorrow. So head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. When we come back, the play-in tournament continued last night. <laughs> kind of an odd scene in the Bulls-Raptors game. We'll react to it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I mean, he's Kevin Durant. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. I don't know if 
if the opening line was intentional or not, but I guess we'll just start there. What's did, up? Did you did you hear the crowd last night at the Bulls Raptors game? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Did you hear one individual in particular at the Bulls Raptors game? Let's see, Demar Derozan's daughter. And I, I couldn't tell if Demar fully realized that that was who had been yelling all game when they talked to him right after the game, and you know maybe he didn't. I, I but um. It seemed to affect the Toronto Raptors, who went 18 of 36 from the free throw line. No, they didn't. This is an NBA team. A college team would be embarrassed by that. No, they didn't. They blew a pretty significant lead, and now they're out. They lose to the Bulls, and if you missed it, it was DeMar DeRozan's uh, daughter during the game screaming, Almost. I think she held back a couple times, and that seemed to throw them off, too. I, screaming pretty much every time a Raptor took a free throw. Sounds like an actual Raptor. Honestly, I... Did you see this, ladies and gentlemen? You have to... You have to Google it if you did not see it. Just a, Screaming. DeRozan. <laughs> that's all that's all you gotta do right there. Screaming DeRozan. And you'll give it to me one more time. Yeah, you gotta this? listen okay, to guys. This. this is yeah. Because they're playing the Raptors, it this is not like some automated like you know dinosaur <laughs> scream or something. No, no, no. This is this is DeMar DeRozan's daughter every time the Raptors shot a free throw. There's the I mean <laughs> Oh my goodness! First of all, is there anything worse than that? that that's chalkboard nails down a chalkboard. Well, she knew what she was doing. Material. I right saw there, somebody tweet it? out last night. She deserves oh. at least a few defensive player of the year votes. I, I, raise your hand right now if that does bother you. Nails down the chalkboard. Well, yeah, okay. it bothers everybody. Does it? Oh, well, yes. No, it doesn't. It doesn't bother you. I, I, there's people who do it. It, yeah, it I don't think intentionally. You think there's people that do it for fun? I, I, well, I, all I know is there's a lot of people who get up there and their nails down the chalkboard. Those people Doesn't shouldn't be allowed their chalkboard. Apparently, I'm just saying uh, that it bothers me tremendously, and that's what I think of when I I listen to this. Dyer DeRozan is that it? Dyer is that her name? Yeah, believe so. Yeah, Dyer DeRozan, twelve years old. Screaming! I, I just know loud. Every time, every time, every time you actually had somebody shoot uh, that. That to me, the Raptors were eighteen of thirty-six. Now here's what you got to really hone in on: the starters for the Raptors, fifteen of thirty-two from the line. Fifteen of thirty-two. Yeah, that's not going to get it whoa. done. Fifty percent from the free throw line. Yeah, their starters. That's how bad it was. In a game that they uh, they needed to, obviously, they needed those free throws because it was close. They had a lead. They ultimately lost. This is not like the play-in games from the other night where it's, okay, they got to drop down and play somebody now. The Raptors are just done. Pascal Siakam had those three free throws with 11 seconds <laughs> left, and he... Uh, he missed two of the three, right? He had a chance to tie it right there. Um, but <laughs> I think it was the second one. So she, like, screamed during the first one. I'm pretty sure the second one, maybe I just didn't hear it, she didn't do anything. And that seemed to throw him off because then he was just like, whoa, where's, yes. where's the screaming person? Yeah, you just have to ask yourself this right here. If you were DeMar DeMar DeRozan, what would you have said to your daughter? Well, here's his reaction after the game. 
my daughter called me the other day um, when she was getting out of school, and she was just, you know, she just said, "Dad, can I can I come to the Toronto game?" I remember going to all the Toronto games when she was a kid, and I almost said no because she in school back home. Um, she kept asking. She was just adamant about coming and support, and I just said, "I right, you you can miss one day of school and you know come to a game." And I'm glad I did. Um, I owe her some money for sure. Uh, nah, she gotta go back to school. School class. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, you know, if I, if I were a player, I think I would have told my daughter to stop it. Not during the game, you think it would have? Yeah, I think I would have. That Somehow, would have I would tough. have gotten a message to my daughter. Um, you know, stop that because don't, you, you don't can't that. you can't do it in front of everybody. So you, you'd have to like send like a PR person over to do it, and then she's gonna be like, "Who are you? You're not, you're not Demar Derozan." <laughs> well, maybe in a, I don't know a timeout or something. I'm walking by her. I'm sure she had good seats. Yeah, she was right she there. She was right there. Exactly. <laughs> so um, for me, I'm gonna walk by and say, "Okay, honey, I, I love you. Knock that off. Okay, stop that." I don't think a lot of dads would feel that way. Uh, and, and you could make a look, real case. If you were if you were a competitor out there, everybody right now, if you're listening right now would you do it would do you, you have got walked up to your daughter and said knock it off if you were one of the players do you think he knew like at what point in the game do you think how, he knew how do you not hear that you right? hear it but you, you, uh, he do you think he recognized that as his daughter well um i mean it seems obviously by the time he was talking after the game somebody well, had gotten again, word to him yeah and she was sitting in the front row oh well, yeah i mean <laughs> you know so at some point in time i think you probably would look when over he's standing and, on the the line and he's looking like whoa wow they're missing a lot of free throws this noise imagine all that noise that is out there and yet you could hear that piercing scream and it wasn't like she did it once nope no. Twice. <laughs> it ended up working. It was every time they went to the line. Perfectly, almost. because the game was in Toronto. So they're obviously being quiet. So that scream stood out. You know what I mean? It's it's not it's not like they were in Chicago and there was already people yelling and there was you know in a weird way that almost seemed to work better. There weren't like the noisemakers every time Toronto was shooting a free throw. Sure. It was silent except her. Yes, but it, but hear it right now. If you're listening again, if you're listening, what would you have told your daughter to do? And I know it's so easy to say as a fan. Oh, of course it was working. I'd have told her, kept doing it. Think about your profession right now. Who, whoever you may be, listening to the Wolf and Luke show right now. Think of your profession, and I'm sure you think of yourself as a professional. Whatever your hand finds to do. Would you would you allow something like that to happen? Don't think you know. Don't think like you were a fan. Okay. Yes, of course, that was the greatest thing in the world. Of course, I understand that. Think if you were a professional, you were in the industry, and that was your daughter doing that. Would you tell her to knock it off? Well, I would have. He said that's just me. He said she's not going to be there next game because she has it to go back to school. Doesn't make me right. It just makes it my okay. Opinion. But is that not sort of what Demar Derozan just said? I mean. They yeah. probably don't win that game last night. They certainly don't win that game last night if Toronto doesn't miss 50% of their free throws. Now, I'm not saying they I was definitely... going to say, was that the reason uh, why? And, and who knows? Come but on. Toronto doesn't shoot 50% from the free throw line over the course of the season. You had Siakam, 5 of 11 from the line. OG Ananobi, 3 of 8. Scotty Barnes, 3 of 7. Fred Van Vliet, 3 of 6. I mean, <laughs> the starters, again, 15 of 13. 32 from the line. They shot 47% from the free throw line. (laughs) 
And that's why they lost the game. The free throws are definitely why they lost. Whether you believe it was DeMar DeRozan's daughter that is why they missed all the free throws or not. But you're going to have a hard time convincing people that, what did they miss, 18 in the game? That she didn't affect, I don't know, maybe five of them at least. (laughs) And they lost by four in a game they were leading going into the second half. I mean, they got outscored in the fourth quarter by 13. They got outscored in the second half by 15. They were up by 11 at halftime. By the way, Zach Levine as well went off in that game. I mean, went off. I don't understand why the Bulls aren't better than they are with with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan just in general. Why they come in as the 10th seed. Both 10 seeds won last night, too. How about this? The, the two teams that the Suns had to deal with in the playoffs last year didn't even make the playoffs this year. New Orleans and Dallas Whoa. both out. Wow. And wow. New Orleans. <laughs> I don't know what you do if you're the Pelicans. Yes. A team that looked like they were in great shape at the end of last year. Zion just does not play. I, I believe him when he says he wants to. I don't think it's like a Ben Simmons situation, but you can't you can't count on him being out there. Something something is wrong there. Something is. I don't know what it is. I don't know the man, but something is off. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue with that at this point. I thought the Pelicans would be good enough to win some games without Zion anyway. We saw them play against the Suns last yeah. year in that series without Zion, and they were tough. Now, basically the same team can't even beat Oklahoma City in a one-and-done. And this goes back to the Dallas conversation. I heard this somewhere the other day. It's perfect. Dallas just quit on the, on their team with two games left, quit on their team and their fans, because it was like, well, we probably won't win the title. Oklahoma City yeah. doesn't have a Luka, and they just keep playing. Like, let's yeah. see how far we can go with this. It's incredible. It really is. So much more to say about this. And, of course, the Western Conference playing. Uh, what are the ideal first two picks for the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL drafts? One site looked into it, and I can tell you, I like those two picks if that's how this uh, draft actually plays out. That's next. It's Wolf and Luka in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports is.